You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. Yes, folks, and welcome to Dublin South FM. Another week, another day, another S show going on in the world. But there we have it indeed. I'd like to bring on a friend. I would like to call him a friend. Uh, a person who I know a while. I was introduced to him many years ago and we met up, we had a chat, um, went to one of his courses and he has just published a new book on consciousness. And as you know, I have interviewed many people on around consciousness on this show. Um, Neil Donald Walsh, we have spoke about that. Uh, Greg Braden as well, we spoke about consciousness and I did a TEDx talk on consciousness as well. So it is something that is dear to me. Um, and I would like to ask Ronan Rooney onto the show. So Ronan, how are you? I'm great, Joe. Thanks a million for having me on. You know, it's, I was looking forward to this all week. So I was so, yeah, really happy to be here. Uh, you say that to all the girls. <laughs> <laughs> and time's gone by, maybe. And time's gone by. Consciousness, you know, f- for me looking at the world as it is and knowing that my belief on it is that consciousness is internal and a lot of people will believe that you know matter creates consciousness but actually consciousness creates matter and everything that's going on in an illusional world exterior to our internal spark is designed created from our own consciousness so i want to sort of open it up there and i know that you have a new book coming out um and i want to see and hear what your thoughts and opinions are on consciousness the world and how individually we can actually stay calm in the center of the storm Mm. That's really interesting you said that now, to be honest, because that, that has been prevalent with me recently. Um, a couple of things that just came up there as you spoke. Uh, interestingly enough, Donald, Neil Donald Walsh and Greg Braden are both quoted a number of times in my book. Um, I, I've met both of them and um, I, I really like yeah, what they have to say. Um, the reality about consciousness, I mean, for, since I was very, very young, I was having various transpersonal experiences, um, which were all kind of mystical type experiences about um, the, what the true nature of reality really is. Um, and they didn't, they, they made me realize that, you know, what I was being told that the world was all about and who I was being told that I should be and am um, was different. And I knew there was something wrong and something different. So I went to college and I studied philosophy, first of all. But it was only probably in the last three or four years that I, I really got the an understanding of the deep-centered rootness of the science behind consciousness. I just finished a master's a couple of years ago on consciousness and transversal psychology and spirituality. And I, it, for me, it brought me to a number of universal leaders who have um, a lot of uh, understanding, a lot of science behind them to give a bit of credence to this whole aspect of consciousness. Um, but the thing that I wanted to, to probably hope um, um, focus on what you said there was, you know, how can we, in the midst of turmoil that seems to be the turmoil in the world, wherever we look, how can we stay in, in a state of, of grace, we'll say, or, or compassion or, or individuality? Um, individuality is probably overrated because it's what got us into this problem in the first place and that it's our ego that has brought us to where we are. 
But as you know, and we've spoken about this quite a number of times, it's beyond our ego, which is the transpersonal psychology nature of us, where we go beyond our ego and look back at ourselves from a true perspective. And then we see what the real true nature of reality is. But it was interesting. We something you said there triggered. Um, I was in India just before Christmas. I went over on a, on a hermitage retreat on my own. And it was really strange. It was something I experienced. I was walking down to this ashram every day. And um, I was, I was, you know, high and elated, basically. On, obviously, there was, there, was, there was no alcohol. There was nothing, nothing there except basically meditation. But I, I was high in the state of grace. But at the same time, I was walking past such poverty and, and the people who were living in such, uh, such, you know, it was really difficult to watch, put it like this. But I found myself in two states of consciousness at the same time. And that I was actually in an elated state, in, in a state of grace, spiritual grace, while at the same time in an empathetic um, figure um, where I was really emotionally sad um, and empathizing with those people who were around me. Um, and it, 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 it really hit home to me then because for all my life, I've been saying to myself, I think I need to change other people and change the world and, and help people to see things from a different perspective. But all of a sudden I realized that, you know what, we don't. Because we can have two states of grace at the same time. And what that means is that we can, we can be in the midst of turmoil, but we can hold our state of grace. That's what Gandhi did. And that's what all of these the previous leaders did. So when Gandhi was in, imprisoned, he was able to stay in a state of humility and grace while being in the midst of violence and being abused. So I found that we can actually do that ourselves. So it's not about us changing the world, Joe. It's not about us changing the other people. Oh, we can actually just change ourselves to remain in a state of grace amidst the turmoil that is going around us. Yeah, I would agree with you wholeheartedly, 100%. Because, you know, we all think that we need to save everybody and save the world. But truly, we don't. And we're not here to save the world. The only people that we are meant to be saving and looking after is ourselves. And... I speak about this, it's about that ripple effect that stop trying to save the world that when you actually start resonating with who you are, not a higher vibration, but your own vibration, then that ripple effect will then get other people to notice so they can go on their own journey themselves. And you said something there, which is lovely. And it's using the word grace. And a lot of people don't use the word grace. And for me, grace is that channel that comes from divine into ourselves and then emulates out from our heart and shows us the way, whatever way that may be. So I, I you know, saying that I'm, you know, it's great to hear another person use those words as well. Yeah, um, like I mean, I mean, the reality of it is, the, as you said, we're not here to change anybody else because everybody that is here, um, having this life is having it for a specific reason to have a specific experience that the divine wants to have through us. So, without getting into, you know, deep depths of spirituality, I believe that the reality of our lives is that we are here to identify our true, authentic self, and that is the expression of the divine through our individuality. And we need to find what that is and express it in whatever way that is. And so it, it's, it's important that we allow others then to express their authenticity as well, no matter whether if, if, it, if it damages us or if people hurt us, 
that's their path they have to actually live. So we have to stay in a state of grace, stay in our own authenticity and allow them to be their authentic selves as well. Without saying that letting people take advantage of us, we can we, we can basically stay in our state of grace as Gandhi did. Yeah, it's, it's as, uh, you know, the old Irish law, do no harm to no one, do no harm to another person's property. And I put a, a, a post up on LinkedIn there about two weeks ago, and it was about being authentic. And that word is battered around, uh, you know, cheap and everyone using it. But I asked the question, if you were authentic and being authentic was to that you'd lost your family, friends and your job, are you willing to take that? And a lot of people would question and say no, because they want to fit into society and they are not willing to risk risk their own um, authentic self to do that. And that brings up just, I've just taken notes there. It's about, you know, you talk about compassion and, and most people, you know, have sympathy, which t- when they see something, they go, I'm really sorry, Jesus, thank God it hasn't happened to me, where we really need to touch into that compassion. And mm-hmm. compassion, for me, I've I've created this, and I, I think you might have seen it, it's the six elements of consciousness in leadership. Mm-hmm. And that is achievement, it's internal, it's gratitude, it's compassion, observation, you know, so... These are the elements that people need too. So on your journey or when you're seeing compassion or when you're seeing consciousness, where when you're looking at the world as it is, Ronan, what are you kind of going, oh my God, this is scaring the sugar out of me. I have to step back in. Or are you navigating through it with, and not even being invisible? Just, yeah, it, I know it's it, a long-winded question, but it's no. It's, I, I think it's important because I think that's. I think. I think. Look, universally, humanity is going through a, a paradigm shift in our evolution of consciousness. That's what's actually happening at the moment, and where it's bringing us to is, as I said, where we need to be able to evolve so that we can have two states of consciousness at the same time. So, no more than my trip in India. I think with what's going on in the world, I mean, you look at Ukraine, and it is very, very. Well, first of all, we have to empathize with them, as you say, not sympathize, empathize with them, and and know what it feels like to be in their shoes and be able to experience that first of all, so that we can empathize. With them because the reality is we are all part of the same thing so they over there are the same as us we're all part of the one consciousness that's what i believe anyway universal consciousness um but i think what what is important is that um even even in the midst of this turmoil um you have to if you can at all look at it from a transpersonal perspective which is to step back from your own individuality and your own personality so what my own individuality and personality is i'm living in the west of ireland in in, in reasonably good conditions and I, I actually can look out in Ukraine and see the challenges that they're having and the other people around the world, not just in the Ukraine. And I need to empathize with that, first of all. But at the same time, you can't be drawn into that totally because you need to be able to have a sense of grace from another perspective, because that is your authentic self as well. And I think that what is happening at the moment in the world, the reason that the world systems seem to be crashing and all the global systematics of governments and politics and religion are all seem to be crashing is because we're going through this shift, this evolution of consciousness. And where it is, is that it is so that we can more or less mature in our spirituality 
so that we can empathize with um, and, and sit with the turmoil while at the same time having a state of grace. And that's, I think, where we're being brought to and where we have to be led to. I'm starting to get and pick up the Vedic and a lot of people have have recommended to me. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm starting to go read in that. And yes. a lot of the stuff that's happening in the world, people are saying to me, you'll see it in different terminology of what the Vedic is saying or, or, or what it's creating. Um, consciousness and external and internal, like everybody is focusing outwards. Like we talk about Ukraine, you can talk about COVID, you can talk about, you know, breaking down on the side of the road or whatever, but everyone is focusing outwards. And would you be of the belief that humanity has been designed in such a way, even the new age, even the new age stuff has been designed to focus everybody outwards instead of them focusing inwards, because when they focus inwards, the external will, will change. Going back to consciousness creates matter. Well, to put it similarly in, in another way, um, maybe it's coming from a different angle, but at the same same type of perspective, we, we have evolved um, physically, first of all, from the from survival. So once we got over survival, then we started evolving at the intellectual level. Now, I believe that the intellectual level and our mental reasoning has gotten stuck. And what has happened is our consciousness has become very much focused on that. And as you say, consciousness um, at the moment, we're focused on our individual consciousness. And then it's like as if there's a separation between our individual consciousness, your consciousness, the consciousness that's out there, universal consciousness. And where we're being brought to now is that it's, we're evolving not from a level of, of pure consciousness, but we're going from consciousness to an awareness. So when you're conscious of something, it's it's mentally driven and it's in through your mind. But when you step back, and I know you mentioned the Vedas there, I've been studying them for 10 years and that's where, where I was before Christmas. And a lot of the, the, the teachings that are there um, haven't changed. Well, most of the teachings haven't changed. They've never changed since day one. And they were there before any of the other religions and any of the doctrines. But what they will talk about is that there is an awareness before consciousness. And so consciousness is just one aspect of humanity. But the underlying aspect of it is, is awareness. And that's where we're going to. So if you were to sit and, and meditate, in the past, we used to meditate and we would use mantras or we would use different, different uh, visualizations. That's all consciousness. It's all in the conscious mind. But beyond that, if you go to a state where there's no thoughts, you drop into a level which is pre-conscious, it's before consciousness, which is this level of awareness, which is the actual soul, basically. So, I mean, if we're going to get into that terminology now, but that is, it's the soul, or they'll call it in the Vedas, they call it the Atman or the individual soul, which is the Jiva. So I think what we're being brought to is an evolution where we're moving from consciousness into awareness, which is which comes before consciousness. So yes, consciousness will get you to focus out the ways. Sometimes you can use consciousness to focus internally, which gets you to a certain level. But to get beyond that level of to go to awareness, you have to go even beyond consciousness altogether. Okay, so we know then that you can tap into, there's three elements of the human. Um, one is the mental body, the physical body, and the emotional body. And observing something within us which upsets us, you know, when you get to a level where you can actually 
take that piece of hurt or fear or doubt and actually look at it through the three bodies and then detach it from the bodies where then you can, I say, alchemize it, where it, it loses its power on you. But that's, that's, that's a process and that's, that's a process that we try and teach to help people overcome what they're trying to. And that's what awareness is. Awareness is, you know, we, we talk about, oh, awareness, you know, live the day, everything is wonderful, live in the moment. It's impossible to live in the moment all the time because you'd go mad because you're living in the moment to your mind. And it takes time for that muscle to be able to aware of what, what the emotional attachment is. So your 10 years or longer, how how have, how are you now in from I think the last time we met in probably twenty eighteen believe it or not mm. <laughs> or twenty nineteen how mm. how has the last couple of years helped your and writing the book your awareness in your own life? Um, I think I, I've 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 been on that that journey or that transition from consciousness to awareness. So. I've been meditating for 25 years, but I would have started off, you know, with visualizations where somebody will talk you through a lovely walk in the park and you relax and all that, which is lovely. And, and then I progressed to mantra and to other meditations where you would have no thoughts. So you you use some kind of an instrument, whether it be a mantra, a Vedic mantra to, to stop the thoughts basically and to fall into nothingness. Um, mindfulness then raised its head in the last couple of years and has gotten very popular, but I don't think it's been it's, it's been characterized in a certain way. And um, it, 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 it filling the mind is not what we want to do. It's we want to empty the mind basically to get to a state of non-consciousness or, or pre-consciousness. So what I've been doing then in the last, in the last, I would say, two years, um, I've been focusing on Vedanta practices and the Vedas, which is um, Sri Ramana Maharshi. I don't know if you've heard of him. He, he, he's one of the top guys from India. He died in 1950. But he would be, um, his teachings are very, very simple. And what they do is they talk to you about just questioning yourself towards self-realization. So you, you quieten yourself and you just ask yourself when you have a thought, who's the thought coming to? And if yeah. you keep asking that thought, you keep asking, where's the source? Where's the source more or less? So when you have a thought, you say, well, who's having that thought? And what actually happens is you direct your focus to beyond the thoughts, not just beyond the thoughts, but beyond the consciousness. So what I've found is that um, I'm reaching states of, of awareness. Now, they're not conscious. You're not, you're not conscious when you are in that state of awareness. You're, you're unconscious, basically. But I, I've reached some really deep and profound areas of spirituality which have come to their fold then when i come back out into the conscious world so it's it's difficult to explain but no it, no yeah, yeah i think i get I think it's, it's it's you know it's the the questions that i ask on that all the time is you know what do i have what do i want what do i need what am i what am i afraid of um, I've never could meditate, never. And I, you know, for me, meditation was the mind racing and running around. But now I can meditate twice a day and I only do 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening. And all I do is breathe, hold my breath, breathe out, hold my breath. And I'm trying to connect with grace in those moments between breaths. 
and that is the focus that I have in that as well. And in that part, Ronan, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, but there's something then, I'm feeling it now actually, that there's that feeling that goes, Jesus Christ, this is, this is good, this is good. <laughs> You know, Joe, when you when you said there, I mean, I think it's important um, for anyone who's listening to understand what you've hit the nail on the head there, which is basically in between your breaths, as you said, there's a, there's something there in between the breaths, which is the same as in between your thoughts when you're meditating with mantras and it's in between your thoughts. And that little gap in between your thoughts or in between your breaths is a special place of, of where we our true essence is. It's, it's where we come from. It is yeah, it's it's, and it's our true home. It's our true spirit. Because it's it's not past, it's not future, it's pure present. And at the same time, it's not the last thought, it's not the next thought, it's not the last breath, it's not the next breath. And it's in a place where we call non-local. It's not, it's not there's no matter, there's no form, there's no time, nothing actually can, can touch it. It's in a different realm altogether. Now that is the realm of awareness that I'm talking about. And that's that is so you would have what I'm what I'm trying to explain to you is that area or that feeling that you have or that sense or that intuition when you have dropped into nothingness, but you but at the same time you know it's hugely expansive and it it has everything in it. That is the space of awareness and it is the awareness of our individual selves becoming aware of the divine through us. Yeah, but it's also a place that's unexplainable. Oh yeah, there's no point in explaining. If you if you explain it, you're bringing yeah. it into the mind, which is you know, at the, but you, at, but you at, can't. At, but but you can't explain it. But, no, it's, oh, but it, there, it's it not. Is, there has been people who have wanted to know what that expression was, and they have tortured, murdered, sacrificed people to find out what that what that was. Because instead of being able to go through the process of all the changes and alchemizing that we had, they wanted something that they thought they could pay for, which was seductive and easy, but it's not. But once you get there, you we've obviously both experienced it in some way. It's a moment of that is cannot be explained and hope, you know, you can't even hope that you get it again. <laughs> you know, because that's even the blockage. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say, you know, if if you and if anybody, when you do get into that space and then you come out of it and you have that experience, even if it's just for a second or two, if you were to ask yourself then the questions you've been asking me a few minutes ago about the, the atrocities that are going on in the world at the moment, from that perspective, those atrocities actually don't have huge meaning, believe it or not, because you're in a space of pure spirit. So unfortunately, the things that are happening in the world at the moment, we're only seeing them from our own perspective, from our individual personality perspective, which has been conditioned by where we live and what people have told us and what we're seeing and what the media are showing us. But the reality is there's a, there's a greater divine power, there's a greater divine plan going on at the moment, and we're not privy to it because we are, we're stuck in this body. But if we are able to transversely through psychology, transfer psychology, step out of ourselves to a higher place and look back and see the bigger plan, then you might be able to see why things are happening in the Ukraine, why different atrocities are happening. So it's it's you have to empathize with, with them, but at the same time, there is a divine plan. I do believe that what's happening, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, is happening specifically with a specific purpose for us to evolve as a humanity. Yeah, it's like the watchers are watching. <laughs> You said it. You mentioned there the soul. 
Now, I would believe that the soul and spirit are separate. And spirit was tempted by tempt into these meat suits. And then these meat suits then with the reincarnation created a soul, which is part of the construct, where for me, it's just collecting all the information. But when you decide to leave here for good, and it's you go with spirit back home to source and the soul will stay in this construct on it. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I think what happens to a lot of us is when we try to define this, which is spirituality, um, that's where we start getting stuck to a certain extent because you might define the soul as something different to what I might or the spirit or the body. So um, I think that's where doctrines universally have gotten gotten stuck, where people say, no, it's this or no, it's that, no, it's this. And the soul, the spirit, the mind, you know, you can call it all the same thing. The reality of it is that we are one divine aspect. We're one one individual aspect of the divine, um, expressing itself in lots of different ways, and there are lots of different layers to us. So we have the the physical, we have the mental, we have the emotional, um, the soul, and the spirit. Then I, I I would just say that that's another dimension. Um, so our emotions and our physicality and our mental sense are affected by the way we've been conditioned and the experiences that we've had in this world, which is three-dimensional. So this world is a three-dimensional experience and where our effects, the effects on our three-dimensional body is, is, is to do with our life here on, the, on, on this plane of form and matter. But our soul, our spirit, um, again, like even the Vedas call, the, they, they call it the individual soul, the jiva, then they call it the divine soul, the atman, and then there's the divine themselves, Brahman. And that we're all the same thing. It's the same thing for the whole three things together. So I, I don't dif- di- differentiate between soul and spirit as such. I, I, I just, and I don't differentiate, I don't like differentiating between the individual soul and the divine soul and the divine, because it's all the same thing. It's just, we're just trying to, we're just trying to intellectualize it. <laughs> it, it it's, 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 you're quite right but it also then helps people understand about the direction that they're going. Mm. Um, and sometimes, like, I, we know everything if we experience what wisdom is internally and you don't need to focus outside. But just going back to what you said as well is, you know, and Leslie, a good friend of ours, I remember speaking to him there, uh, I think, last year and sort of saying that I now see the world as a stage and everyone's going onto the stage and you know politicians police people doctors all you know get up on the stage they put on their 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 um, uniforms they're handing a script they're told where to stand and i'm sitting up in the stage observing it and sometimes i go oh my god and i run down to the narrator and i go give me that and they give me my script and i go into the costume people and i put on my clothes and they tell me to stand here and read that out and i'll do my shout out and then i go oh what am i doing i've just entered the public arena and i run back and take off everything and run back up and sit in the back in the audience and observe and that's what you were you were saying about the world out there and what we see about you could say Ukraine or COVID or whatever it be, it's the divine. I think it's being able to sit back and observe it. You find that peace that you know that you're okay, you're and you're safe. 
Yeah, I think the, I think the biggest challenge that we have is, and this might explain it even a bit further, is that that we are caught up in the roles that we play. So, as you say, basically during the day we, we play the a brother, a father, a sister, a mother. We play all these different roles, a friend, and we go in and out and in and out of the play of life. And the problem is that we are have gotten so busy with the play of life and all the different roles. And we want to play those roles so well because we've been conditioned and told that this is the way you're supposed to play it and this is the way it should be played. We've come come to ourselves in that we're we we have forgotten who we really are. And we've become intoxicated with the actual roles that we play, if that makes sense. So what it means is that instead of actually us being our authentic, our authentic selves, we're playing the different roles and we're playing the roles really, really well. But the roles are only actors. They're only parts in the play. They're not real. What is real is, as you say, the observer who's observing the play, which is our authentic self, which is the reflection of the divine. You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, Crossing the Rubicon. The world is designed to keep us focusing outwards as yep. as if you give everybody what they want, nobody will know what they need. And humanity, well, I think, you you know, know, humanity well, then will happily walk off that cliff. But we are too busy running around looking externally and we have... We have, not, we have been stopped from learning or we've been stopped from being told to go within and focus. That is, that's nowhere, nowhere in the Western world. There is, you know, the new age, which is light the candle and do the stretches. And, but no one has actually really, you know, in our education systems or, or wherever be going, go within and even Christ talks about spirit and going within but you know that if we got humanity which I hope your book will do <laughs> to go within mm-hmm. a lot of this external stuff for certain the illusion wouldn't matter and two life would change dra- dra- lost the word life, the world would change in a positive way for for everybody mm. and and you know that's where we're going to like i believe that we're, we're what we're we're moving towards nirvana heaven on earth i really do i think we're evolving that way um but in order to get there you're right we've been focusing outside of ourselves and the media has been has been has been a huge culprit of this and um, politicians um, society in general everything has been telling us to focus outside this is this is what you should look like this is what you should do this and as you say you go back into yourself inside yourself in the quiet of your own sanctity that is where you can touch on the awareness which is the authentic self and it's only when you go back into that that's the pureness of your authentic self and that's where you find out who you really are and who you're supposed to be expressing um, because much of the other stuff is all being conditioned. So it's, it's, we've inherited beliefs, we've inherited different past experiences, we've determined them, and they become beliefs, and they've all affected how we actually are expressing ourselves, which is not the true, true authentic self of who we really are. Okay, so if we are going through this change, and you're saying that we're going to a place of, you know, pure bliss, Along that way, there's going to be chaos and turmoil. Mm. And if you look at history, which history keeps repeating itself, 
there's people who are in power around the world and their followers within those organizations. If you look at the French Revolution, if you look at many other, you know, gaps in history, they're in, there's, we, there's a very dangerous place which is bubbling up to clear, to clear the path. So are we going to be going through that? Or because it's not going to be all just, you know, love, hugs and kisses. Kisses, it has to be truth and courage. I think, you know, because I, I, I was I was struggling with that for a while, but it brings me back to what I was saying earlier on, which is one of the, one, one of the best realizations I've ever had was when I had in, in India just before Christmas, where you're in the two states of consciousness. So as you say, um, we can get caught up in in the concern and the worry that oh, things are going to get even worse and worse and worse and and what will happen if things get worse and how it might happen. The trick is that we what we need to do is evolve and and develop ourselves so that we can actually allow whatever happen basically in that plane. So let 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 any wars, let anything else happen, any atrocities happen, but be able to remain in a state of grace. So as you say, go within yourselves, the more we go into ourselves and shut out all the thoughts and all the conditioned aspects of ourselves and realize the true authentic self, which is the reflection of the divine, when we're from in that space, nothing will bother us. Absolutely yeah, yeah, nothing yeah, will bother yeah, us. So sort of it doesn't matter. Life. But the biggest thing, I, I, I thought that we had to get to a stage where we're, say the vast majority of society reached that level of, of enlightenment. But it's it's it isn't it because we're all there's different dimensions of reality um, and we've heard fourth dimensions up to the eleventh dimension you can go into it and talk about it forever, but you can be in a situation where we're in the world and there can be wars going on and people are in a state of consciousness which is at the third dimensional level so they're in the midst of that turmoil and they've allowed themselves intellectually physically emotionally to stay within that, but then you will have people living on the same earth who are in a different state. Who are in a state of grace, a higher state of consciousness, who are in the same in the same predicament, but not affected in the same way, and I think that is where we need to shift because intellectually we're trying to figure it out and reason it. It's not that the world has to change; it's that we change in the world. So if we change, not, then the world changes yeah, around us from our. So, there's, there's people who have got all the money in the world, all the everything in the world, and they're in they're in misery. So, yes, yes, you know, yes, and then yes. there's people who are in turmoil and poverty. When I was in India, those people who were living in pure poverty, the smile on their face every morning was unbelievable. It was much, much stronger than the people that I know around me who've got seemingly lots of money and lots of affluence. So where's the reality? Yes, yeah, you know, that desire will never be filled, you know, from the envy. So all the money in the world you know, or can create that. And it, it, there's, there's a lot of internal work that needs to be done. Your book, mm. <laughs> what are you trying to achieve or what are you hoping that the reader will get from it? Okay. Well, fundamentally and ultimately what it is, is it explains um, a new perspective and presents a new perspective on reality along the, along the lines of what we're talking about, that um, we can look at reality differently and see a different perspective and all of a sudden the world around us changes. 
So that's probably the first aspect. The second aspect then is, again, as we spoke about the authentic self, that comes through an awful lot as well, in that our whole purpose in life, um, I found such a freedom in this. Our purpose in life is not to save the world, it's not to save anybody else. It's actually to express our own authentic self, that which is the reflection of the divine. So that's all of a sudden, you know, the shackles are off and, and all we all we have to do is find out who we really are um, and express that. Um, and then basically, thirdly, though, again, what we spoke about, all the turmoil that's going on in the world, it explains why that is actually happening. I mean, one of the biggest pandemics we had at the moment and has been going on for some time now is not COVID. It's mental illness throughout the whole world, specifically the Western world, because of the overintoxication of the intellect. And basically, the reason that is happening is because we are going through this paradigm shift in our human consciousness. We're shifting from our intellectual into a space of more inner awareness. Um, so from from those all those perspectives, it gives it probably gives hope and it gives meaning to our purpose in life, which is something that I've been searching for, you know, all my life. But I think I'm getting closer to the answers. Um, when I say I'm getting closer to the answers, I think. You know, up to now, I had ex- various different experiences, but I've had some really deep experiences the last couple of years, challenges with mental health that have brought me to a stage where I was able to look at things from a different perspective altogether. I've also been able to finish my master's as well. So I have a bit more of the science that can back up what I'm talking about behind things. And then my study of the Vedas and Vedanta and, and ancient traditions. So I'm able to actually come from more of a space of experiential but also from a knowledge base as well and from a qualified qualified base so when people read my book it's not just um oh he, he you know he's making this up himself or it's great for him he had that experience or this experience I, i've been able to back it up and sustain it and, and substantiate and validate it through science through philosophy through psychology as well so from that perspective it's it's very very personal there's you know i, I talk about when i went to the hospital and spent three months in hospital and it's Book about my awakening and how I came through that and got through everything else. And there's a lot about my family in there as well. But it's it's all built in and built around um, being able to change your perspective, to look at reality from a different perspective altogether, transpersonally, really, which is outside of your own ego, to look at things differently and to see a different perspective. Is it is it sort of broken down into you know a chapter and then given someone a, something to do like a work or is it just a natural flow no it's it's not so much a workbook joe i know i know my the, my first book um there was a bit of that in it there was a workbook and there was you know meditations and different things alongside it this is very much it's it it like it, it nearly leads with um a challenge that we're all having in life humanity whatever it might be whether it's a mental challenge or whatever the challenges are and then it basically explains my own personal experiences and how I've actually come through that. And then it's substantiated with science and different ancient traditions and how they have actually explained it um, so that you get a full full overview. But it's like as if um, I think this book is 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 I'm walking with somebody um, and, and walking them through my life, what I've learned, what I've studied, what I've experienced, my um, my understanding of how things um, are and and the new perspective I have of reality. And it's not just, it's not kind of individual to me. I know that, you know, the amount of people I've, I've studied over the last 10 years, there's a, there's a lot of um, uh, continuity with this. And the reason there's continuity is because we're all part of the same thing. We're all evolving at the same time and we're all going to the same place. So that's why there's no, there's no um, coincidence in the fact that a lot of people are speaking of the same thing happening. 
you you mentioned there that it's it's your journey it's the new part a new a new chapter in your life and the journey that you've experienced but you know i think that we can really share and we have experience in our life so we can share that with other people so those people then have a hand reached out to hold them to bring them to bring them up um wisdom and knowledge you know can only be experienced can never be learned so by someone reading the book is it then a pathway a doorway opening for them by true living through your experience to help them yeah i mean you know, look if you're to put it into 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 terms um it's it's about my awakening experience my awakening journey how i woke up from one aspect of reality to a different aspect of reality and um, basically, if somebody reads the book, they'll be brought on that journey from from where I was to where I where I am now. And I think that it'll allow them and help them to gain a different perspective as well, because I suppose the reality is that we're all, as you said, looking at, at things from one specific perspective, the way we've been conditioned to look at things. And even though you said there, you know, me and you are sharing different ideas with, with each other and with others we're we're a minority you know the reality is the vast majority of people don't share deep insights don't share deep feelings don't share deep experiences with each other um they really don't it's it's we've been held back from doing it i think we need to open up to each other much much more and you will find the minute you open up to anybody else even if it's a stranger they will open up to you because that's our nature that is our true essence and that's our true nature but i think that this book um i've opened myself up i think that by somebody reading it, I think it'll hopefully allow them to to have the um the the courage, I suppose, to open up as well and to allow themselves to follow their path, which is the authentic path, rather than following a path that's been dictated to by other people and basically other establishments in society. I can relate to it one hundred percent, um, and I've realised through the years, Ronan, that everyone has a blockage within them. And that blockage could be caused from childhood, could be something from childhood, or it could be called from a shock factor, you know, a breakup of a relationship, a death of someone. So there's two sort of elements that creates a blockage within a person. And when that blockage then is discovered and released, that person then changes. Um, for myself, it was a blockage of years of primary school and could never figure out what it was, but knew there was a, a piece missing. And knowing being dyslexic, I kind of went, oh, maybe I just blocked it out. But then I kind of dug deeper into it and it was feeling, you know, an inferior complex and what happened and laughed and joked and everything there that I actually blocked it. But then when I just tipped away at it, it opened up and I could see what was happening. And then I was freed. It was released. It mm. was like, oh, my God, I can now understand what that was and why I blocked it and now how I've released it. And if everybody, everybody has a block. I don't care if you're, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or Virgin or you or me, <laughs> you know, everyone has one. But when you release it, it's life changing. Mm -hmm. And hopefully your book 
when someone reading it might spark an interest in themselves, they might discover what that blockage is for them to be set free. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, you mentioned two things there. So the, you, people that have a blockage um, and then people who something happens and it, and it sparks them into, into a, a new realisation. Um, the blockages aspect of things, I think in the past, in, over, over the last couple of decades, we would have gone very much deep into that in, in our consciousness and we would have gone to therapists and, and spoke about different blockages. Most of the blockages that we would have are based on, on conditioned aspects of things. So things that happened when we were young or how we were conditioned, or we could have inherited them even through our genes, through epigenetics. They talk about epigenetics now yeah. where we're inheriting things through genes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think where we're going at the moment is because we need to move much, much quicker. We don't actually have time to actually sit and figure out what our blockages are and, and process them in the old way of doing things. And I think psychology is moving to a new perspective where you're either dealing with it where you're 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 making a, a paradigm jump, a shift totally. So you're not dealing with all that stuff. You're just going, when you mentioned going into your inner awareness, your inner awareness is pre preconditioned mode. So it's before you were conditioned at all. It's the it's the aspect of you before you were born. It's the pure essence of you. So when you actually touch into that, even if it's in meditation, in between the thoughts or in between the breaths. You're going into a realm where it's like a reboot. You're going back to your pure essence, your pure self. And so you don't have to deal with these blocks as such. All of a sudden, you'll find that you're actually becoming into a state of grace and you don't know why. In the past, it was because the blocks were stopping you, but now you're moving into a state of grace and you don't know why you're actually getting there. So a lot of it is to do with meditation and going into that space and connecting. But the other thing that happens to people is there's spiritual awakening and spiritual crisis, whereby the biggest um, triggers for spiritual awakening are turmoil, mental turmoil. So if, if something happens to you, if you have a breakdown or if it's a marriage breakdown or somebody close to you dies, there's an emotional and a mental turmoil factor that shocks you into, oh, none of that really matters. What really matters is X, Y and Z. So it, it shocks you back into the true what's really what's really important and what is really real out there. And it takes away all this conditions rubbish that people have told you that is, is important and is real. Yeah. But what I'm hoping is that people don't have to get that shock that I, I'm hoping people can spiritually awaken without getting the shock by maybe reading the book and be able to make that shift and make that change in perspective because they need to make the change in perspective to be able to look at it from a different perspective to allow themselves to grow. Where are you now as a person? God, I've, 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 I'm, I'm figuring out of a long, long way to go. <laughs> um, where am I as a person? I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with myself. I'm really um, closer to whatever you want to call it, God, divine, or whatever. I, I'm, I feel I'm closer to that. But I think that's what we all are anyway. So I think that's just a natural, a natural um, evolution. Where I am in my life, um, I, for for the first time in my life, I have, I know my real purpose i've got five books to write in the next three years so i have two of them written the third one which i'm working on at the moment is awareness of the soul and i'm only about two three months away from finishing that and then the next two after that perennial spirituality is about vedante and the vedas and the ancient traditions and how they are are so apt today and then the last book is basically what is real <laughs> so I know the I know where I'm going with those for the next couple of years. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And every morning I wake up and I'm grateful and I meditate and um, I have challenges, but the challenges are not that big when you actually can shift your perspective into a state of awareness. 
Um, so I can hope, hopefully I can, I can share this with as many people as, as possible that will, well, as many people that will get benefit from it. You mentioned they're grateful. Do you know, we talk about gratitude and how wonderful it is. Do you know, I only last the last couple of months really understood and connected with what true gratitude is up to then it was a word and you know being grateful but i didn't really feel it emotionally and there there was something happened within me through the meditation and everything and well that i actually then hit what that was what mm-hmm. gratitude was so even though i'm in my 50s you know, and usually I asked you, where are you now? You know, of course it's a journey. Like you and me in 10 years' time, we'll be sitting down on your fifth book and we'll be looking at all your books and having a chat and going, oh, if I knew now what I knew then, I would be a different person. It would be great. Absolutely, yeah. Where When is the book? So where can people get the book? That's the yeah, thing. So the, people will listen is- to this after the book launch and for months and... Yeah, it would be great. Well, the best part, I mean, Book Hub Publishing are the publishers. So they're publishing the book. So you can buy it through their website. Um, probably the easiest thing to remember is ronanrooney.com. So if you go on to my website, you can register for the book or you can find information about the book. But there's also a lot of things in there. I've got a podcast in there. I've got videos, meditation videos, audio videos, lots of lots of freebies basically to help you to actually shift your perspective as well. So I think the first protocol really is ronanrooney.com. You'll, there's lots of, as I say, lots of um, of different aspects there that you can you can pick up on and whatever you gravitate towards is is, is what's ready for you. Um, but the true nature of reality is it's been released actually today two weeks the 21st in Galway and actually if anybody if if um uh, if anybody wants to go to the, to the launch there's you know no problem at all they can I can organize an invite so again just is it online launches or is it a, in person it's, it's an evening evening from from it starts at seven on a Thursday evening in the Connacht Hotel um and um, there's music afterwards and stuff so we'll have a bit of bit of fun as well and uh, it's i mean it's a celebration it's 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 taken took me a long time to write the second book it's been 16 years since my first book wow is so, that long um yeah and and now i'm hoping to do have four in four years so it's, o- it's over there with the meditation really um, cd that that you have as well on yeah roland great having you on the show here at dublin south fm um this uh pleasure always good talking to someone like yourself um who gets it <laughs> like <laughs> as much as we can so far uh, yeah. so far on it as well so look thanks for coming on the show and uh, we'll talk to you soon appreciate it we enjoyed it thanks jim thank you and remember here at dublin south of m we're interviewing plenty of people around the world conscious leaders and that's why we have the conscious business podcast which is part of the conscious business academy offering purpose profit and prosperity in your life through soulful selling mindful marketing conscious leadership and creative culture you want to reach out to me it's joedalton.ie you have an awesome week and take care and look after yourself you're listening to joe dalton on dublin south fm crossing the rubicon